and girls. Welcome to another episode of Cultivate and Keep. This is Jeremy and Corey. Yo, yo. Your uh, closest online friends. That's right. Kind of. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Anyway, welcome guys. Glad you're here again. Today or tonight, we have an interesting topic we're excited about. Before we get into that, uh, one quick announcement. I wanted to remind you guys that we have um, a favorites page on our website where we have a curated list of all of our favorite apps, books, um, other podcasts that we like, just good resources. Uh, go check it out. It's finally fixed. So now you can see it on the navigation page. And yeah, check it out. See if you have anything that can help you from that list. Yeah, we'll we'll put it together just for you. Yeah, just for you guys. Cool. Cool. All You're right, up, Corey. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so we were hanging out with some friends, and our mutual friend, AJ, um, and I, I don't know if he actually, shout, shout out. out to AJ. Yeah, out. I was like, you know, he's getting shouted out, whatever. He's getting mentioned. Uh, he mentioned this movie he just saw on Netflix called um, The Push. Me and Jeremy, <laughs> first it was... <laughs> Why are you laughing? First it was The Edge. Well, because oh, you said it so confidently every time. You're like, yeah. oh, it's The Edge. As with I was like, most oh, I don't that know. I do. yeah. And then you were like, what was the other one? It was... The Push. Uh, no, it was... Um, no, it was The Edge. Over The Edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was something even before The Edge. Yeah. Anyways, the movie's called The Push. The and jump, um, maybe? Uh, no. The drop. That's the drop. what it was. First it was the drop. Then it so was we're like the Googling edge. it, trying to find it. Like, why does this not exist? And then Yeah, this isn't it. Okay. So this movie's called The Push, and he was telling us about how he just watched it and he didn't want to spoil it for us. But basically it's about how um, We're gonna spoil you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. So so major spoiler <laughs> yeah, alert. We're we're introducing it now, but um the concept of the movie is sort of like this um social psychologist, scientist guy, um, mixed with reality tv a little bit he tries to experiment and he basically asks the question can we as people or just as regular human beings be manipulated through social pressure and cues and um, circumstance to commit murder which is crazy mm-hmm. because like one it's it's such you'd have to put up such an elaborate theme and scheme and like plan just be able to like try to test that in the first place um but second the actually what happens is actually really surprising Mm -hmm. like really really surprising especially given like how it plays out how they present it um which we'll get into but we wanted to say if you want to go watch the movie and then you know press pause on this go watch the movie and then come back we're going to be spoiling everything and talking about it so if you want to go find it on netflix it's called the push and i believe um the it's by a guy named darren brown uh it's called the push and you can find it on Netflix only, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it's like barely an hour, right? An hour and 10 minutes. I th- so I it's think it's like 50 minutes even. Or I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah, you're right. Pretty hour quick, and 10. quick watch. Yeah, quick watch. Yeah. Okay. So now if you press play again and you're back with us after you watch The Push, um, what do you think? The very first time. So I watched it before <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I think I texted you. I think we you, watched like, it the same night, yeah. Yeah. I think we did, huh? Well, we were with AJ and we were both like, I'm going to watch it tonight. And then... <laughs> Like I texted you saying I'm I'm watching it right now, and then you were like, "Oh, I just finished it." Like, yeah. And you said like, "Let's for sure talk about that on on a podcast." Yeah. Um, it it was good. Like when AJ first told me, I was kind of like, "Eh, like probably won't actually go watch it," but um, I happened to be like free that night, so I did, and it was honestly way better than I thought. Like, way way better. It I liked it, so it has like al- alternate endings. Like there's like a main character, like it's all about one guy, but the very end, like it basically. They kind of like do a quick recap of three other people that they had on and kind of show you like those, how those, um, those outcomes, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was like my favorite part. Kind of yeah, seeing how every seen, different yeah. like contestant basically how they acted and so, and kind of what happened. So I liked it. I thought it was, um, like it provoked a lot of like interesting like thoughts. Like I'm definitely like, definitely that kind of person. Like I don't like to admit it, but when I think about it, like I definitely will be like pressured to do things. Like if I think about it, like, yeah, yeah I like if someone like, I don't know, like, they do that test of like, um, so one part of the, the episode is they have finding the people. Yeah. Like 10 <laughs> people they're interviewing. That was so sad. They do honestly, some <laughs> random stuff. So they have like a big open auditorium and it starts off with like 10 empty chairs and they tell one guy to go in there and like start filling out his paperwork. Right. And so it's one person and slowly it fills up to where there's all uh, 10 people. But the first guy goes in there and what they do is I think it's like a, a whistle or a, is uh, a, it's like a ding. Like, it's just like a little like, bang like a like a bell almost. and the cue is to stand up right yeah to stand up every time the bell goes off okay so oh, okay so there's me. one so actor one actor exactly that's yeah. in there and so he's already in the room right and so the second guy or the first guy comes in and uh they're filling the paperwork right and then the ding goes off and then the first guy the actor stands up 
and then the newbie's like, okay, what do I do? And so I don't think he does that first, but then it happens again, and, and he's he like, okay, up. so he stands up. And so, like, long story short, like, ten people fill their room. But what's interesting, too, is that after, I think after, like, the third or fourth, maybe, the actor actually leaves the room. Yeah, and to then, see if the... the and yeah. then it continues just on its own. And there's all these random people who... Like for no reason, for no reason, up have never this, met, this and they're noise. all standing up to this bell, like as if like that's what they're supposed to yeah. be doing. We, we should probably back up a little bit. So, yeah. uh, like we said, I think we said this already. So, like, the premise of the movie is is like a there's like probably 120, 150 um, paid actors that are that are all part of this, and the whole idea yep. is can we have one guy that has no idea what's going on? He's not a paid actor; he's a real person. Can we have this guy basically be pressured to commit murder? And so. Um, while they were trying to find like people who could fill that role, they wanted to put them through like preliminary testing to see if they would. Um, They're more susceptible go along to social with these, pressure. These, these cues, and so that's that was part of the testing phase. Yeah, and that alone was like super fascinating because it really was. You have ten random people, the actors are gone, and they all still stand up, but for no reason. It was funny as so they as they were bringing in these like test subjects that were basically applying for this role. Um, a few people like didn't do it. They just refused to mm-hmm. stand up for no, because there's no reason to, right? Yeah. And those people, they they come and pull them out. And yeah, so, they just like leave. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like they say, hey, you have to come with us, and basically they're just fired or disqualified. Yeah, you're gone. You're you're gone. And so that was interesting. Like, well, like even like with that, I feel like I'm that kind of person. Like I would go in there and sit down, and everyone stands up. So I was like, All right, oh, I fr- I would stand up. No, like, I would for sure never stand. I feel like that you stuff. I feel like that stuff happens to me I in real life all the time. I'm like, no, this is stupid. I feel like I want to be that kind of person where I'm like, no, I'm not going to stand up. But I feel like I totally would. Like, <laughs> and that's what made it interesting. Like, okay, so then, I mean, through like a series of events, like, could I be pressured to murder someone? I really hope no. <laughs> but I'm like, Jesus, no. am I susceptible? Yeah, and that's kind of like as I watched it. If you go watch it, like, think of that. Like, what would you do in these situations? Yeah. And there's like crazy like things that come up, but. Well, it, what's interesting too is like you you see the experiments that they go through, and they're sort of silly, and like they really are screening for, and they're trying to find people who are maybe extraordinarily susceptible to social pressure. Like they're looking for people, um, you know, and this is like the whole test is to find someone. Like, it, of course, they're going to go find people who are more susceptible to social pressure because um, basically you have a better chance of like proving it right. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. But. I thought it was interesting too. Like I always thought of, um, you know how your mom says like, Oh, well like if your friends wouldn't jumped off a cliff, like would you too? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't. But then you have other things. Uh, like I've heard of the experiment where, um, you have, uh, like a classroom for example, and the teacher writes the, you know, an equation on the board, like two plus two equals, and then they yeah, make something yeah. wrong, like <coughs> seven, like something absurd. And, but there's only one real person and everyone else is actors. So then they go around and basically like you have to confirm like whether you think that's right. Like how many of you got this uh, right? Or how many of you said seven? How many of you said, you know, four or whatever it was. And um, after a while, like 90% of the people end up just complying with wrong answers, Mm -hmm. even though they know because they're very basic things that they aren't. Um, I feel like I've been in like that kind of situation where like I like it's four plus four enters eight and like yeah but everyone's saying seven you're like okay seven. exactly <laughs> like you know well you know but. it's a fun experiment too <laughs> and this goes like those are very um like kind of orchestrated events and sort of tests but if you go up to anyone and I, I don't I forget who like actually told me this but if you go up to and I've done this to random people too if you go up to anyone at any time no matter where you are and you have something in your hand, you say, hey, can you hold this for a second? And you reach out and you basically put it like towards their chest or their stomach, they will like 99% of the time take that thing from you. No matter what it is, too. it could be a book, a brick, um, a random piece of um, trash, a bag. It doesn't matter what it is. People will always take it because it's sort of a, a thing that's ingrained in our minds. And we've been trained uh, to react to those kind of social cues um, in, in those certain ways, like to always take something when someone mm-hmm. hands you something. Um, so I think that's a lot of where he's coming from. Why it's so interesting is, is because we like without us knowing or understanding have been trained over and over again, every day, every day, every day through very subtle things to respond and, and probably to, um, to compromise in little tiny ways. Mm-hmm. And so now like getting actual into the actual experiment, you know, they, they make this big 
elaborate scheme where essentially the story is um, they're auditioning to uh, assist the organizer of like a fundraising event. And so this person shows up to the event and then everyone else is a paid actor. And essentially like one thing after another, they're tested with these really tiny compromises and things go wrong intentionally um, or they're all staged. And then basically the compromises get bigger and bigger over time to see how they react. Yeah. And it's kind of like the snowball compounding effect of social pressure where you become more invested over time into this lie that mm-hmm. you built. Yeah. So let's go through it kind of like how it starts off. Um, so when they were trying to find the, uh, like the people that were going to fill this role, they, they had like an interview, right? So we talked about that room where they were filling out the application. What was that for? Do you remember? Like, um, cause they had them like interview for some type of role. And then at the very end of it, they told them all like, Hey, you didn't make it, but they actually did end up like select, selecting the main person they were going to use. What were they auditioning for? Do you remember? I can't remember. It was something related. It was like, I think, I think it was to be an actor of some sort of other like social experiment. Okay. Um, so that, well, maybe. I thought that was cool because they, they took all these people through that. They, they basically like secretly selected who they were going to end up using. They told the person, Hey, sorry, you didn't make it. And then a few months later they had this guy be a part of, um, like the experiment, but he didn't know. So I, I feel like that was cool too, because yeah. I feel like if I interviewed for something and then two months later, like, Hey, can you help out assisting this guy for some fundraiser? I feel like I would think like, Hmm, like, is this it, you know, but I'm pretty sure I could be, we could be totally wrong butchering it, but I'm pretty sure they're like, um, Hey, someone else like fell through. Like, can you fill this position? So it's sort of like a, pitched it, yeah. a, a last oh, minute thing right. a little bit too. Yeah. I want to say that's how I remember it. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it's like very, it's not like the, you know, the next week they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Like how convenient we have yeah. someone, but it's like two months later mm-hmm. for a completely unrelated event. Um, a different role. They say, Hey, can you like fill in for someone? Yeah. So, okay. So they have this guy and the setting is, I think it was at a hotel, right? Some like conference room. Yeah. Um, some like Gallup area. And so, uh, they arrive and everyone's kind of getting ready for the party. And I think it starts off in that kitchen, right? That's kind of where, yep. they, where the very at. first scene. So the very first like pressure they want to see if this guy is going to, uh, comply to it's, um, it was the, the main guy that's organizing the event. He's getting ready like the appetizers and the hors d'oeuvres and the food and they've run out of meat and right. No, they run out of vegan options. Run out of vegan options. And so they're putting together like these like platters of, of food and they're all like labeled like me, like whatever vegetarian, all these things. And, uh, they've run out of the vegan option. And so the guy's like, Hey, you know what? Help me like quickly just stuff these ones with meat and then we'll label them vegan. And no one will ever know. They have to put the little flags on yeah, it. Put the flag say, on yeah. it and say vegan. And the, the subject's like, uh, like, okay. And so he just starts doing it. And uh, part of it is like, this guy's kind of like the heading it up. He's the authority. And so he's pressuring this guy to do it. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of goes along with it. So that was the first like subtle test. And the guy gave in. He just, he did it because he, he yeah. I'm sure he didn't know otherwise. And that was the very first one. Okay. <coughs> well, that's a good point because that kitchen authority was a big part of this whole thing mm-hmm. because I forgot, but in the beginning, like as he introduces this, the big kind of grand experiment of, can they pressure someone into, uh, into murdering someone before that they did a couple test runs where they got a guy to steal someone's baby. Remember that in a coffee shop Yeah. where they tell the, the, the barista, you know, this is the FBI. Um, we're looking at you right <laughs> now. You know, the lady that you see is like wanted and like the baby that she has was kidnapped. Um, like when she goes to the bathroom uh, or like when she like turns her back or something, like take, the, take baby. the baby and walk out and like run and like meet us somewhere. And so he go and like, there's obviously no baby in there. But this barista just like on the phone in the middle of his work day because he hears that it's the FBI. It's an authority figure. He goes and takes the, the stroller with the baby and he walks out of the store mm-hmm. and then they meet him and they tell him like, hey, this is just a test. It's a like, fake baby. It's a fake baby. Like, yeah. could, like he couldn't see. But authority is a big part, which mm-hmm. I thought was um, like maybe not super obvious. Like part of the social cue is, you know, we, again, we're trained and ingrained to look to authority and to follow orders mm-hmm. and to you know do what other people yeah. above us say. Yeah. So the first compromise was to swap out the food which he did and then after that they left the kitchen then they're in the main room what was the next step do you remember i can't remember what the next step was but um i want to say like the next one that i remember is uh that they're they're 
Oh, I think they're they're oh, sort of practicing. I remember this. Well, go ahead. So, um, so then they basically kind of uh, the person that basically called him to ask him to fill in for this event. This guy hooks him up with the main dude. He's like, hey, like basically follow this guy around a system. Like he kind of indirectly tells him that, and so like without even like telling oh, yeah. him that's what he's doing, he like basically has this guy following around like a dog. Like he oh. takes like the briefcase and says, hey, carry this, or hey, like yeah. go move those boxes, hey, and just like all these random things he's just doing. And this guy's like pressured into it. Yeah, because he he wasn't supposed to be like this guy's slave, but he's kind of just like, hey, like can he just like pick up his it, stuff? He indirectly and, is doing it. And <laughs> and the guy who is following, I think he's like sort of like the main like giver. Like they're they're looking to him to be like the donor, like the largest donor for the night. And so he ends up kind of being a slave to this guy, mm-hmm. picking up his luggage. The guy's kind of like stuck up and kind of just like assume someone's gonna serve him. So he he takes his luggage. He like gets some water. He like kind of like you know serve some hand and foot a little bit and the main guy who's organizing it is kind of he's like hey like just do this like the mm-hmm. one thing like just follow him around and and so now he's like in now he's uh like now he's made lower than he was supposed to be mm-hmm. he was supposed to be aiding the organizer now he's serving like one of the donors um which was a position that he wasn't supposed to be yeah. in with these like random like tasks that he's, he shouldn't be doing, and yeah. so we should also should explain. So there's that main character that's the subject, and then there's the guy you're talking about that basically the whole time is kind of the one that's like yeah. pressuring him into doing these small things, or you shouldn't even say pressuring because that's not how it's like set up. It's they're like, just hey, sort of seated. Like, hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, help out with this. And he just kind of like goes along. He's with not them. like, hey, come on, dude, like smoke some pot. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, can you like yeah. do this one favor for me, or or can you just you know really quickly, no one will notice, or um, can you follow me and do this or can you do this for this other yeah. guy? It's not like these like outspoken traditional kind of social pressure yeah. things we think of. So there's about like 10 or 15 minutes of these small like um, little tasks that are kind of crammed in there. And then like the next scene, they're over in this next room kind of getting ready for the speech. And so the main guy's up on stage like preparing his speech, kind of practicing and uh, the subject and then that guy with him are kind of just watching, helping him out. And then pretty sure like quickly after that, the guy has the main speaker has like a staged heart attack. And so he basically falls over and is like having a seizure basically. And he's like falling apart. Something's going on. And uh, the guy's like, Hey, run into that room, grab in his jacket. He has like a a bottle of pills or something, go grab it. And then come help us out. And so when he, the guy goes, he's like in a panic. He is going through the jacket, can't really find it. And then he comes out to the main room and the guy's like, Whoa, like he's dead. And he tells, tells the guy that and he's like, Oh shoot. Like, what do we do? And so that's kind of where the plot like really starts. Yeah. And so that dude that's along with the subject uh, tries to convince him to put in a body in a box. And he's like, Hey, like, let's hide the body. Like we don't want the guests to know about this. Like we have to, we have to figure this out. And so they have like, a, it's not like a coffin, but it's like a, it's just like a big like rolling shape of a, bo- of a coffin. Kind of. Yeah. But it's just like a giant like a cargo box. box. Yeah. yeah. And so, this guy like pressures him into like stashing the body away. And so they put it away in this box and they kind of hide it. Yeah. And then they go back to the main room. And at this point, um, guests are filling up the room and like, stuff is kind of, it's kind of starting up. And so now the subject is in like a panic. He's kind of not in a panic, but if you watch him, he's like really distressed. He's like constantly like rubbing his head yeah. and he like looks super just like red in his face. And, and, like, and what they do is when they're in the kitchen, figuring out what to do, what like, cause you know, the guy's like, well, we're going to call the police like right after the event's done. Like, I, you know, I don't feel right about this, whatever. And, um, and he's like, okay, like, well, uh, um, like we need to figure out what to do. And then this other guy walks in who's, um, like the bidding kind of orchestrator. Oh gosh. I'm, what do we call him again? <laughs> the guy who's like, kind of tells like, oh, like $50 over here, a hundred dollars over there. Kind of like an MC. Like he just, yeah, like whatever the guy with the mic. So he walks in and he's like, oh, like, are you so-and-so like who, the guy who died is and um and he he's like like come here like come with me and so now he's sort of like he's just like forced into playing the role of the guy who died Mm -hmm. which is like super bizarre Mm -hmm. but they sort of seed that there the guy who walks in just assumes that that's him and he can't say no because then um then he's like well where is he then they have to explain like that he's dead or you know whatever it is so So he then, goes along with it. Yeah. So they're all sitting at the table. They're like having their meal. They're like w- watching the auction. Everyone's there. No one knows what's going on. And then 
uh, they bring out this box and it's the same box that they've stashed the body in. And so they bring it on stage and then <laughs> the guy that's bidding is like, all right, who wants to bid on this box? And then uh, the two guys in the back that like, know what's going on, they're like, oh mm. my gosh. And then the guy that's the actor is like, hey, do you like go along with it? Like play it cool. Like you have to buy it. You have like, to, you have yeah. to buy, you have to bid on it. And so, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and so he's pressuring this guy to like place bids and I forget what it got up to, but it's like thousands of dollars. This yeah. guy just bids because he doesn't like want 10, anyone to know. Yeah. Something. And so he keeps bidding and finally he wins. And then uh, the MC's like, hey, come on stage. Come up here. Like, and open it. Come open it. <laughs> and then the guy's like, oh my, he's like freaking out. So he walks up there and he, re- he actually refused to open it. He didn't do yeah. it. Right. Cause he was like freaking out somehow like refused to do it. They go and sit down and I think someone went and opened it. Right. And it turned out to not be that not box. Be the box yeah, yeah. It was like another like random, it was something else. And so it was like, wow, like this guy almost, he could have opened it and nothing would have happened. Yeah. And then go ahead. Uh, well, I'm trying to think about the next kind of thing that happens. Well, I think from there they, well, cause they found out, Hey, that box like wasn't it. And so they go back to the next room and while everyone's still in that main like uh, conference room with the auction, they wheel out the box and they, yeah. Try, oh no, they put the guy in a wheelchair, right? I think so. Yeah. I, they put him in a wheelchair. I was and trying to remember if they put him in the wheelchair first or if they just take him straight to the stairs. I th- cause on the way there's the two drunk guys. Yeah, and, uh, and I think it was a wheelchair. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's a wheelchair because they put the sunglasses on him because it hides the fact that it was actually a, a fake body. Yeah. Um, but then there's the two drunk guys, <coughs> and uh, I think like the test there was they wanted them to take a picture because the the story was like he had too much to drink. That's mm-hmm. why he was all like limp and unconscious. And the two drunk guys want him sort of like the uh, like the experiment guy. <laughs> Gosh, we should have like found out his name. I forgot what his name was. Um, to take a picture of them with him. But he actually takes a picture of just the two drunk guys without the body. His name is Chris. Yeah. Okay, Chris. And that's um, helpful because we keep saying like the guy the and then guy, that yeah. guy. Yeah, so Chris. so Chris refuses to take a picture because that would imply like that would basically be evidence that he was going along with it. That he was going along with it and that, he, you know, the body was there and that he like knew about, you know, the guy that he was dead. And then sort of the story would unravel that he was, you know, wheelchairing or whatever. Um, oh, because originally they wanted to take him out to the parking lot that he had like stumbled to on the way to his car. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they figure out that they can't get to the car. They can't so drive So then they around. go back to the stairs. So then he's like, so that's like sort of like the, the pressure moment. Mm-hmm. I think this was what I, what I wanted to get to was like, um, people make such bad judgment calls and decisions when you're pressured in the moment mm-hmm. to make a decision. Because what would happen was he's like, okay, we can't take him outside to his car. So, um, so he, the guy or the, the organizer says to Chris, like, well, let's put him in the stairwell. Like, we'll say that he, um, fell down the stairs and like went unconscious and maybe like died from, I don't know, like a heart attack or something. He had a heart attack and fell down the stairs. And so in that moment, Chris says like, okay, fine. Um, because he didn't have any other choice essentially in the moment he had to, but it was, that was really like the sort of like the damning thing yeah. that set him up for what happened later. Yeah, so they're at the bottom of the stairs. They so that guy puts the body down there. It's like Chris, come here. Like let's kick his body. Like we have to make it to where he like. He's like, wait. Well, if, if the body's here and there's no bruises, like they're gonna know. know. That it was so so kick him. And so they're like, he's trying to convince Chris to kick the the guy mm. that's the that's supposed dead, dead supposedly body. dead. Yeah. And so he doesn't do it. I was gonna say hands hands off. Like I feel like Chris like passed most of these tests. Like he did the small ones. He he gave in. Um, but yeah, so this guy's like, hey, kick the body. He just he doesn't do it. And so. That was cool, I felt like. Actually, if we can rewind for one second, the funniest part of the whole thing for me was the speech that they had to give once they bought the box. Mm-hmm. Because And it was so clever because they go in there and they sort of like prep him with like, uh, the guy rehearses his speech and he has like the joke that he says and Chris was the only one that remembered what the oh, joke yeah, was. I forgot about that. But like watching them all like read the speech and sort of like thank everyone was like the funniest part yeah. to me. Yeah, so he has to give the speech. Holy crap! I'm thinking like about that. Really pretend that he is the, the guy. guy. That was the other that part of that. Was in like in his head, he thinks he's dead. Now <laughs> he assumes the identity of someone else, um, which sort of detaches you from the situation a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, like makes you do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so back to the stairs. So uh, I think from there, once they refuse to do it, they put him back on the wheelchair, and then they're. I think they stashed the body somewhere, I think, if I remember correctly. No. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, they did, right? They, the, they put him on the stairs and they leave him there. And then they went back in and found the guy's wife, right? Yeah, so and then the wife comes. So then the wife's like, hey, have you guys seen my husband? And um, they're like, no, like, we don't know where he is. And she, she's like, okay, make sure he takes his... his um, yeah, his medicine. His medicine, yeah. yeah they said uh, he has some condition where basically if he doesn't take his pills, his body will go unconscious, um, but he's still like aware but he basically just can't he can't react she says so like he looks like he's dead looks basically like he, looks like he's dead <laughs> you can see chris's eyes like go super wide well, like, she oh says he, he can still hear he can still yeah. like know what's going on but he just can't like do anything about it and so then chris is like oh man like <laughs> what is going on and so i th- i'm not sure how but somehow they end up on the roof do you remember like how they got there well cause I'm pre- so then then they go um i think he then the organizer said like he's like hey we have to like tell someone about this. We'll explain. Um, oh no, no, because they go to try to find the body and then the body is gone. And, uh, so then, so, so the stop, organizer, stop there. could okay. you imagine that? Like, Oh, that's, that'd that, be so crazy. I mean, you're, you're thinking, I mean, what if I, Chris would have kicked the body? What if you, you know, like you're thinking like, Oh yeah. my, like, you're, you're freaking out because <laughs> this whole time like you're being asked to do certain stuff. And then, and then you, that guy can actually hear you. And then he's alive and he's, and then he's gone. Like, so yeah. where did he go? You know? So after they realize that the body is gone, then the organizer tells Chris like, Hey, look, we got to tell some other people and get some help. Um, uh, I, I think they might have like an, Oh, and then they, they, they take them to the stairwell. Yeah, they, they explain the situation. Like, guys, like, Hey, come with us. And then they walk out. Yeah. And then the organizer explains, uh, he's like, Oh, Chris, why don't you tell him what happened? Um, and that's not a good point you mentioned because I feel like with most <coughs> everything that happens, he has Chris be the one to explain it or to yeah. do it. And it was, it was funny. They want to see the words that he uses. Mm-hmm. So he says like, well, you see like we, you know, what happened when this happened and then we did this and we did that when in reality it was mostly kind of him, but now he's, uh, he's, he's trying to sort of take some of the blame off of himself onto the organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also not blaming it on the organizer either. Like he told me to do what he said, like we did this thing, which is a big distinction there because mm-hmm. if he had said, well, you know, whatever his face is, the organizer asked me to do this and I didn't feel comfortable with it. But he said, he like skipped all like the crazy stuff. He just said, you know, he died. We hit his body and then mm-hmm. we found, we went back to find him to give him his medicine. Yeah. He wasn't there. So now we need your help. And, um, and then I think they're like, they realize that he's on the roof somehow. And so they all, then they all go up there. So they're on the roof and then the guy, um, the organizer or not the organizer, the, the main dude, he's like living. He's like, yeah, I can't believe you guys did this. And he's like kind of freaking out. And I think he's like smoking a cigarette and he's just like, he's, he's pissed and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, cause he, the whole time was like listening and hearing and observing what was going on. Oh, and we missed a crucial part. Okay. Uh, in like the intro video when like before the bidding starts for all the prizes and stuff, they have this video that plays of all of these celebrities that are endorsing it. And, uh, and they're saying these like words and phrases, like whatever it takes and just do it. Don't think, um, like uh, basically all these phrases that are like, are kind of like these brainwashing kind of phrases that would like convince you to do stuff. Well, like planting like little seeds in, in your mind. Exactly. Planting these seeds. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so then when they get back onto the roof, that same video is playing in the background of all these celebrities yeah. of like really notable people, like whatever it takes, just do it. Um, like I th- there's something with like a push or something. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, well, it ends like the oh, the night was called the push. Yeah, but like that I'm saying, they, they said a word or a phrase that had to do with like pushing something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but anyways, there's all these, like, these phrases. So he's up there on the stage. This guy is livid. And then he like sits on like the edge of the building to like kind of cool down a little bit. And then um, the organizer and Chris and I think the three or two other people that they brought up there who Chris had explained everything that had happened are talking about well, what well, what should we do? And you know, he's going to send us to jail and, you know, you're guilty and yada, yada, yada. And, and basically it was like, well, since you did this, like, he's like, well, like, I'm never going to be able to see my family again. Like we should just push him off. Like no one will know, you know, uh, he'll, we'll, we'll say that he got a little tipsy, he got a little too drunk, came to the roof by himself alone. And then he fell. Um, and then like, well, one of us has to do it. And then they look at sort of the most guilty person who they intentionally, like built all this yeah. up to be the most guilty person 
um, they look at him and they're like, Chris, like you should do it. Like, just do it, whatever it takes. Um, and they're like kind of all yelling at him, looking at him. Like now it's like the real deliberate, aggressive mm-hmm. social pressure. Um, but he's already made all these little and now pretty large compromises up to this point that he's so invested in it. Whereas if you were just to take some random person to the roof and say like, push this guy off the roof, you would just say yeah. no. But because of this whole circumstance, mm-hmm. now you can see in his head, like his brain's just about to explode and he doesn't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. And so, I mean, again, props to Chris, he ends up spoiler alert, like not, not doing it. He doesn't push the guy. Yeah. Um, and I think at that point, like it finally breaks and they're like, Hey, like, this is all like um, staged. Like this was great a, job. an experiment. Like, yeah, great job. Exactly. <laughs> great job. Uh, like you did very well, basically. And then they tell him right then, hey, like we interviewed, or we've done this before, three other contestants, the other people, and that they did not like do how you did, you know. And so, uh, I mean, if you're Chris, like you're relieved and you're like, oh, thank, thank God he didn't actually yeah. do it, because um, we'll get to it. But the other contestants, they um, all three of them actually ended up pushing the guy. They off, did push, which him. was crazy. And so once it like. <clears throat> Once you find out Chris doesn't do it, they explain it all, and then they kind of um, do like a five-minute recap of every other um, person they had on, and everyone ended up pushing a guy. But uh, it was funny. This is my favorite part. With those other three people, once they pushed him off, they actually like did it, and I think it was two girls and another guy. They push him, and it's like just silent on that roof, and then finally they say, hey, this was a test. Like basically like you failed like yeah you you, you did the <laughs> you wrong thing up. like you you did what we were hoping would happen like you you actually pushed the guy and what's crazy is he actually falls like in the in the, the show because yeah. they, there's like a net or something something he's harnessed he's harnessed so they they catch him but so after they break the news hey like this was all staged like you you failed then they pull the guy up and he's right there <laughs> and it's like i feel like that'd be so awkward like if you you're like actually wait did it actually kill someone yeah like, like, like he's fine like they took they like let him look over the edge and he's like sort of down there like, hey what's up yeah, dangling. Dangling down there. um so yeah that's kind of like the whole premise like where everything that happens and from when i when i watch it like i had so many thoughts kind of go through my mind like I think you had a good point. Like this, um, if you would have brought some random person on on the on the roof and say, "Hey, like push this guy off," like you would say, "No, of course." But I think when you're so invested and there's so many, like small compromises that you've made, like to do that bigger like stunt doesn't seem like all that bad. Or especially if you're trying yeah. to like protect yourself, or like it, it doesn't seem that bad. And I feel like that opens up like so much discussion. Like there are so many things that we um, we get involved with and we make small compromises that like, at at some point. It's like, you know, I've done all these small things. Like, why not just do the bigger one, you know? Yeah, um, it translates into so many different things. Yeah. I mean, well, like, it, it's two parts of it, too. Like, one, it's crazy that three of the four people actually, like, pretty much murdered someone. Like, they they pushed them off the edge. And if you look, I mean, it's crazy to watch it, see, like, what it, it looks like for them to do that because mm-hmm. both of the girls kind of, like, inched up and then they looked they think yeah and, and then like they just give like one good push off and then they immediately turn around you can see like guilt and like shame mm-hmm. and like they're scared and they're afraid um and the guy is like a little bit more uh like affirmative like he kind of just walks up and does it and then turns around you can see he's like doesn't really know what to think but three out of the four people like murdered someone yeah and, and it's a little scary to think like well like wow i mean what other things could we be pressured and mm-hmm. I mean murder is pretty much like the worst That's thing the, the pinnacle of like yeah but but like a three out of four people were convinced to it. do the worst thing yeah they also they kicked the body too when it, when it was at the bottom of the stairs that's right um they kicked it I, I think they every other test they gave in I think Chris was the only guy that like I feel like most of the like absurd tests like Chris passed like he didn't do most of them but everyone else like did all of it and it's crazy like three out of four like 75 percent well not quite actually because in the beginning, I'm pretty sure, uh, maybe you, I know one for sure, maybe two of them, the very first thing they, they refused to put the, the yeah. meat onto the vegan plate yeah. and give it a flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then because of all the other things that they did, it still had the same result, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure the other three kicked the body. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting to think about all these sort of, um, like inflection points or all these like really critical uh, moments that determine the later ones too because in, in Chris's mind well in, in all their minds all the contestants minds they were just thinking like this is the last thing or like this is 
the only other thing that I have to do is I have to kick this body and then we'll be okay. But what they don't realize is that what they're doing is actually setting themselves up for an even worse act later on. Um, and so I feel like, I feel like that was a really important moment for Chris was not kicking the body because maybe that was just enough to give him the confidence to say no when, when they told him to push, uh, you know, the donor over the edge of the building. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and so that was the first part. <laughs> that was, and then the second part of that was um, just thinking about really how powerful like social pressure is. And I think there's like a general, I think we all know this on a surface level, but I don't think we fully understand in all of its depths and complexity and like all the implications of, of how sort of like weak we are in so many ways. Um, you know, it, it really like, it, it's not as simple as I would never do that or I would never do this or I'm not that kind of person because in one night they convinced three people to do things that were, and they, you know, they showed some of the interviews with people afterwards talking about mm-hmm. the experience. And I think one of the girls especially was like, I would, I was always that person that would, that would tell myself like, I'm not going to be the person to give into this thing or to not do this or not do that. Like I'm, I'm going to say no, but then it only took one night with a room of complete strangers not even people that they knew. Yeah. Like think about the power of social pressure with people that you know, and it makes sense why there's so much tragedy and, and so many crazy things that go on in the world. Yeah. I think that's a good point you have. Like, that's kind of what I want to lead into. Like, so what, like how does this apply? Like, why are we talking about this? Like, I think, for me, like, the obvious ones that come to my head would be, like, I mean, you think of, like, sin, like, I mean, you yeah. know, like, most sins doesn't, like, you'd, I think Mike Van Meter always says, like, you don't wake up one day and say, today I'm going to, like, murder someone, or today I'm going to, you know, commit adultery, like, it's made up of these small, um, like, compromises and small, like, little things that we do that we don't, we don't really think about, yeah. and I think, like, with sin, like, I was thinking about, like, this topic we're, we're, we're on right now, like, so what, like, what does this mean, like, how do you, like, if you're someone like that girl that said, I never thought I would do this. Like, I'm always that person that, like, decided I would never, you know, um, you know, sleep around or commit adultery or murder someone, right? You you decide that, but then, like, what happens in, like, day-to-day life? Like, how do you avoid to get into that spot to where you, like, you commit that big sin? Yeah. And one of my first thoughts was, I think it's, like, the people you surround yourself with. And, you know, in, totally. in this, um, like, film, you know, he, again, he was with, like, that companion, like, the guy that was kind of facilitating all this. This guy was the one like mm. pushing Chris to do everything. And it was subtle. It wasn't like directly like, Hey Chris, like, you know, kill this guy. It, it led up to so many small things and they were all like indirect. And it wasn't even like yeah. he was commanding Chris to do it. It was more like, Hey, like, come on, like, let's just do this. Like, it was all like very sly. And, and they all did it. They did most things together too. Together. was a big part of it. Yeah. Like you never think I'm going to do this thing. But then when someone else is doing it and they're asking you to help, you know, it's just one sort of layer, like, one less guard you have up yeah. um, when someone else is already doing it. Like, well, I'll just help them. Like, I'm not really doing it. Maybe I'm just helping them do it. Um, but it's sort of like, I mean, you're just as guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so like part of my reflection was like, okay, like how does this like apply to me? You know, and my takeaway was like, okay, wait, I think with sin or like really with like any struggle, like ha- surround yourself with good people, like have like a good people like in your camp. You know, if you, um, like if you don't, like if you have friends or people that are, they're not going to hold you accountable or maybe they're like on the side of that facilitator where they're just going to pressure you to do the wrong thing. Like, of course you're going to feel like, of course you're going to like commit that act. You, you thought you never would. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think about it too. Um, I feel like this gave a lot of light into what a stronghold is. And like the Bible always talks about like, don't give the enemy, don't give Satan a stronghold in your life or don't give him, uh, you know, even a place in your heart and all of those little compromises that he made. And but especially the big ones, those became strongholds where it's a really good point. Like, well, it, it's crazy to think like there was a certain point of like kind of no return. Mm. And I think it was, so that's what I'm sort of talking about was like, it was after, uh, after they kicked the body, yeah, kicking the body. Yeah. It was like after that, it's kind of too late. At that like point, the enemy you, already has yeah. you where he wants you. you. I mean, you're on the roof. This guy's awake. And I think that's kind of how they, like the three that gave in was like, Hey, like we could go to prison. Like he, you know, he, and you were the one that kicked you him. You were the one that kicked him. Right. And so yeah. 
yeah, that's a good point. There is like a point of no return. There is like a spot where it's like you're, you're in this, and there is only one outcome. Yeah. Uh, I also was thinking another point. Like uh, I think Strongholds is a good one. Also, like what about just like fleeing? Like what about getting out of there? He, uh, Chris, mm, right. I, I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but Chris <laughs> could have just walked he out. Just like left, he was yeah. like volunteering, wasn't getting paid. Like I mean. It was like a, a, it was crazy what was going on. Like it was, yeah. it was nuts. He could have just said, you know what, like screw this, I'm out of here. This like, is too and much. Walked yeah. out, and that's like a like a basic concept. But like that could have happened. He could have just walked out and left. And you think about that, like then you avoid um, like the pitfall, the strongholds, and all those things that tie you to the situation. Yeah. Like what if you do? What if you would just walked out, and all this was like mm. would have happened? You know. Right. Yeah, and I think maybe the overall part of this too is. Um, it just shows how there's no, um, well, one, like it gives some context for me in understanding why God treats all sin the same. Um, and especially why like lust is just as powerful and just as wrong as committing adultery is because like God says, you've already committed adultery in your heart. God knows that lusting results in adultery. I think like, that's one of the things that like really makes me mad about the whole like um you know what pornography like doesn't harm anyone doesn't hurt me it's like well you're gonna hurt someone one day and someone's being hurt at the expense of you watching this and it's just a stupid argument like just to say like well i'm strong enough to only go like this deep into this thing because then we once you go this deep in then you want to go the next step in then you want to go the next step in and pretty soon you're waist deep in something that you never thought you would be and that might be the point of no return well now the enemy's got you where he wants you and he's just going to drag you all the way in and you can't really do anything about it anymore yeah i mean like with all sin but i mean especially like like pornography like it's one of those things to where like there is no like going backwards like it's kind of it's always progressive yeah it's all going to progress and i'm like at some point like um you know it starts off really small right and you start doing that one like secret small sin and after some point that b- doesn't satisfy you know you want like the next step you want the next level of intensity or uh, like risk whatever it is and so like it just it continually progresses down that road and to some point like you mentioned like there's like a turning point there's like a spot you hit to where it's like okay once i do this one thing like what else would i not do like why you know why would i not yeah. continue down this path and um i think you have like, a good point of like that that thought process of saying it only affects me, no one else. Like it's, that's skewed. Like that's so wrong because a, it affects a lot more than just you, but also like, it's not going to stop at that. Like it's going to lead into more like tangible ways of affecting more people. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of like an extreme view a little bit, but like imagine that sort of you're the contestant in this world of evil people and, you know, demonic figures and they sort of already know like where they want to get you to and the things they want you to do. But you just think that you're there for, uh, you know, a donor's dinner and like that is harmless. Um, but like, imagine the place that you're in, if you had no idea that someone was trying to manipulate you and that someone wanted you to progressively do worse and worse and worse things, you would think, well, like, yeah, it's fine. Like I, like, I don't care about vegan people. Like, you know, I don't care. But then, like, the next thing is, you know, um, lying about who you are. And then the next thing is moving the body. And you think, well, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Or, like, I'm not going to go any further than this. But they're thinking, like, great, that's one more thing that we have against him. That's one more thing that we can use him. Like, he's this much closer to the end result of Mm -hmm. getting him to murder someone. Imagine you were in that spot, like, literally here with kind of, like, the spiritual forces at play. um, And it puts a little bit of perspective on of what's going on like to be careful about the things that you do and um sort of the, the strongholds that you want to defend against yeah. uh, the I mean, enemy i don't think that's an extreme perspective because i think that's really right. how it is like there are spiritual forces that that's kind of what's happening and you think about those cartoons where like there's the guy right and then on his left shoulder he has like satan right yeah. on his right shoulder yeah. an angel and like that's kind of like that's actually how life is like you know we are we go through life and like we have these thoughts like they're i mean it's the enemy he's really he's tempting us and he's prompting us to do hey do this hey do that and it's it's kind of like that facilitator he's like slyly and subtly like pressuring you to, to do certain acts and i mean that's really like how it is and yeah. I, I don't think that's like an extreme thought that you have on it i think 
this this documentary is like a like a picture of that and we saw this example but it's like really what it's like yeah and i think the only other thing i would mention is uh it was interesting too watching the interviews after of the people who who did push mm-hmm. the guy over the edge and who did you know theoretically commit murder is that afterwards they were sort of reflecting about you know what like i'm kind of a people pleaser or like i need to stand up for myself more i want to learn to say no more and um like yes like the show and you know darren brown i think was his name he targeted people who are more susceptible but think about the things that you're kind of susceptible to or like think about the ways that you're maybe a people pleaser and um like it, it really it, it does pay off to learn to like have conviction and to have boundaries and to know what like what is too far and to learn to say no and um like those are all very uh like it, it's a scary place when you're kind of training yourself to always be in compliance to someone else. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking like about Chris, like when he said no, like in the documentary, like n- what happened? Like nothing. Like the, the guy was like, okay, like, and they, yeah. they just didn't do it. Right. So when it was kicking the body, he, Chris wouldn't do that. Right. Or when he was on stage and it said, open the box, like Chris wouldn't open the box. Right, and yeah. there was no consequence. Like they kind of carried on with the night. And I think, yeah. I guess like a, a good thing to reflect on because with a lot of this stuff, like we think, like we have to give in or we think like man if i say no like what's going to happen and the reality is like most times like nothing's going to really happen like you you say no and then it continues life life goes on and so that was like a good reflection point for me as well like dude like you don't have to be like pressured or even like those people that people that were interviewed like when that like bell would go off and they wouldn't stand like well they got kicked off the, kicked off the show but still like <laughs> i mean what's the worst that happens like you just yeah. you aren't a part of that group right and so yeah. like saying no like it's not going to hurt you, you know? And the longer they are in it, the worse it gets. The harder it is to say no. And the harder it is to say yeah. no. It reminds me even, <laughs> it's sort of embarrassing, but um, I got a, I got a parking ticket. Um, Recently? Yeah, yeah, like last week. Nice. Um, because Those are the worst, dude. Yeah, because I was taking the dog to the park, and I forgot. I thought maybe like they didn't charge for the meters, metered parking spots on the weekends, but it was just Sundays. I just like didn't even think about it. I feel like we've gone there and not paid for it before. Um, but anyways, I got the ticket and I felt dumb and I feel like Monique was gonna be mad at me. And like, um, I think she was like gone. So I didn't want her like come home and be like, Hey, I got a parking ticket. And it was like $42, which is like not a lot, but I was just sort of bummed. Like, dang it. I could have spent a dollar and I'm spending $42. So I was like, whatever. I'm I'll, since it's so little, like I'm not just going to tell her, this is so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to hear this. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her, and then I'll just, like, pay it off when I get a chance. And so I put it in my office under my Kindle on my desk. And then the other night, we were cleaning, <laughs> and uh, and I hadn't paid it off yet. That's what you get, dude. And, um, and she was cleaning the desk, and I was sitting right there. And she picks up the Kindle and is like, what's this? And I was like, oh, God, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. So instead of like lying about it, I just felt, I was like, oh, you know what? I got a parking ticket yeah. and like, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you about it. I just felt dumb. I don't want you to be mad. And, um, and she was like really sad, obviously that it was like hiding it from her and it was super wrong with me. But like, imagine if I had like kept the lie going and like it, it only gets worse always. Yeah. Like yeah. the rule is it always, always, mm. always gets worse. So like mm. it, it made me think of Chris, you know, he could have walked away at any point, especially like thinking about um, uh, like even after the very first thing, if he just said like, no, like I'm not going to put this stuff like what kind of place is this that at a nice dinner for donors, yeah. they're going to cert- like they're going to lie to their guests like this isn't for me. I'm just going to sneak out like he would have saved himself a ton of trouble or even like when they got into the room and he's starting to take luggage around and you know, the guy's kind of bossing around. He's like, look, this isn't what I signed up for. Like I got yeah. another more important thing. I'm going to go spend the night with my wife. Like that's totally great. It only gets worse yeah. the, the longer good it goes point. on. It always gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was super interesting. Yeah. I go, loved it personally. Yeah, go watch it. I mean, it, like I said, hour, like an hour and 10 minutes, if that maybe 50 minutes Yeah. It's super interesting. And like, as you're watching, like think through like, what would you do? Like I typically don't like those type of like documentary films. Right. And I was like, dude like on edge of my seat like i, I was, was so into i was it. into it dude it was really good i think especially once i saw um i was a little like not like disappointed at the end when he didn't like commit murder but then when <laughs> i saw the other three people i was yeah. shocked i was yeah. like 
one i'm so glad like it's just crazy that this happened well that was like but that was more context like when you see everyone else like you see because again that recap like you see like their like pitfalls their mistakes and, and then, then you can't believe that they did yeah, it yeah it's crazy and like seeing their reactions when they actually like pushed the guy like those girls that were like kind of you know looking around their They're shoulders so thinking sad. about it then they did it and like you just like see a defeat and i love how it was like quiet like it happens and, like that video stops playing and it's just quiet and yeah. it's like probably like five seconds of like what did i just do and then they say hey like this was all fake you know so it's crazy it's good we'll go watch it it's called the push on netflix only i believe um it's by a guy named darren brown i want to say mm-hmm. um great stuff on psychology you know social pressure uh, just a lot of great stuff that can be translated into life. You'll see, you know, the the article I'm reading has his face of him just like rubbing his temples, like what am I, what I have myself into yeah. right now? Poor um, Chris, man, he was like pale white, like red hair. Yeah, like, just you could like, just tell his he was stressed yeah. out to the max the whole time. It's a lot to put someone through, especially pressuring them into murdering someone. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the net result was, I mean, the experiment kind of worked. Oh yeah. You can pressure someone through circumstance and social dynamics and uh and also just like pure kind of aggression to for someone to mm-hmm. commit murder yep. which is also super fascinating um sad but fascinating yep. so thanks for listening um if you want to hit that subscribe button leave us a rating review you can always tell us uh what you think feedback questions um, ideas and, and other topics for more episodes, you can email us at cultivateandkeep.com. Find us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter even. Um, find us on YouTube as well if you want to see, if, if you're a YouTuber and you want to do it that way. Um, also check out our cultivateandkeep.com slash favorites for more resources. And we will see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.